Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly Sarlo. And I'm her daughter. Oh my god, I'm her daughter. <laughs> Perhaps in a past life I was your daughter. <laughs> what the hell? But in this life I'm your mother. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, to be fair, I do mother you quite a bit. <laughs> uh, That's true. Let's try again. You mean tape the whole show? No, no. Okay. Uh, okay, so mom. What are we talking about today? I'm just going to refer to you as mum the whole time. Okay. Um, world events. Oh, okay. Uh, it just uh, fascinates me how how we, uh, we get world events and how I think uh, some other people may as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people will call these premonitions. And what that means, if it's verbal, um, if you get told there's going to be a, a world event, um, if it's uh, a visual if it's clairvoyant, where you're going to see it, um, do you dream of them? So in the dream state, would you be using all of your gifts of every sense? Would you hear th- uh, hear things, meaning if something's happening that is a, a train wreck, do you hear the train wreck? Do you feel it? So um, I just, I want, I want to ask questions about that because I think that I know that you and I both do, and I think for us to live this way now seems really normal. Um, although I don't know how you ever really get normal when you ha- when you have this gifts to this level that you get world events as l- as well as everybody else's stuff and your own stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the things I'll start with is what was your first experience of getting a world event? Or, uh, it, you know what I mean by world, just meaning yeah. uh, it could even be local to the city that you live in, but just meaning that it wasn't... Bigger events than just a client. Yes. Okay. Um, I am fairly certain that my first one was a shooting, and I believe mm-hmm. it happened when it was the Virginia Tech. Oh, was yeah. first year university, I think. <clears throat> um, and I remember dreaming a couple nights before it happened... Um, that I was walking around on a campus, but it looked very much like the University of Ottawa campus, which is where I was. Um, and I remember waking up just feeling very uncomfortable, um, very, I want to say weak, like my, my body felt weak, mm-hmm. I think sick with anxiety. Um, and I had dreamt uh, that I was walking through campus. It's kind of uh, blurry now, but um, I remember being kind of there were a couple of people around us, but I was walking down this one particular path and I saw someone coming toward us, uh, my friends and I, and well, and random people that I didn't know. Um, and I remembered pushing people underneath stairwells and underneath um, almost like, I don't know what to call them, but like windowsills that were, or ledges, I guess, on a building. I remember pushing people in there and guarding them with my body. So pushing them up against the wall, but being in front and, and making them not visible. Uh, so trying to conceal or hide people. And remember my heart beating really, really fast and watching the gunman um, look underneath and stare right at me and then keep moving. And I, I remember being very confused, um, waking up, but also in the dream, uh, being confused in both states as to why, why not us, why didn't he shoot. But then it wasn't until after the actual shooting happened in Virginia Tech that I was able to understand um, that I was walking on campus um, on a soul level, um, helping helping the people there, and that he wouldn't have actually seen me. 
when it was happening. I wouldn't have been something or somebody that was visible, uh, but I was some an entity that was able to conceal bodies. Now, this is why I'm asking you this, because I yeah. think that part in and of itself, there's a million questions. Mm-hmm. There are a million questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, how you can move your, your energy. Uh, yeah, here's Parker our... has a lot to say about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Well, that you're moving your energy and that, yeah. you know, people, are, um, I guess, are not certain if they're able to move their energy or not, or that when they do... When you're moving your energy, do you exert? Do you get to exert force? So, if you're in somebody's body, can you take control of it and ex- and make them do something? Mm-hmm. And I think TV depicts that in a really, I'll say, horrific way. Well, sadistic, right? Yes, and it creates a fear for people to hear that that is a possibility that humans could be capable of, because then it would be, but where's my free will? Um, if somebody else is able to come into my body and take control of my, my form, my mm-hmm. physical form. So when you're, when you're, when you were going through that experience, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And before I picked this topic today, which was only about five minutes before the, we started the podcast, mm-hmm. um, I just thought, I can't recall if Kelly has had world experiences Yet now that you're talking about it, I remember you telling me about it. I haven't had much um, in comparison, I'll say, to what you've spoken of. I'm sure some people are like, that's kind of a whole lot more than a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I haven't had much compared to you. And uh, most of mine have been shootings. Yeah. A lot of them have involved um, guns in public places. I know that you've had quite a few more about um, um, planes, but also ships. Um and, and, okay. and a lot of earthquakes and whatnot. So when you're, when you're going through that, mm-hmm. um, I guess I'm asking you some questions because I have gone through a different, maybe a different process or maybe not, maybe the same process. Um, are you a fly on the wall? Are you in the person's body? Are you in the victim's body, the perpetrator's body? Are you, I've do you have an aerial view? Sorry, I just want no, to throw a whole okay. bunch out that's and you good. can answer, I promise. Because it just reminds me that there yeah. are different views, and this is what I've gone through in these experiences, is learning how to be and how to position myself yep. in different places for an event. So I've done remote viewing, where I, I think what you would call a fly on the wall, um, where I'm not really uh, an actionable person in, in the event, um, where I'm just viewing it. I'm just an observer. Uh, but I've also been in a victim's body. Uh, several times and that's I've done it in the shootings instance but I've also done it for uh, individual clients I think we've we've been over that but I know that's not what this this topic is about today Uh, so I haven't been in the actual like the perpetrator's body but for sure the victims okay and I don't think one is easier than the other okay this is the this is what I've learned is that neither one of them is good no because um, and I know I just said that I haven't been in the perpetrator's body, but I've been in clients' bodies enough to know that when you when you're in their thought process or you're in their physical form, uh, there's mental illness involved, there's fear involved. That's that's why we act right in in those kinds of ways is because we have a lack of safety or feeling of safety and a lack of feeling loved. 
um, those two fundamental things, I think, is what it boils down to. So to be inside the perpetrator's body uh, is just as terrifying and anxiety-ridden, I guess, as I agree. Uh, being the victims. I don't prefer one over the other. Uh, Kelly, after all the experiences I've been through as well, um, I, w- I agree with you uh, that both of them are equally. And I think some people who listen to this would find that hard to believe because mm-hmm. when you are victimized... Um, the level of fear and the level of loss of control, um, the le- the fear for your life and everything is, uh, you know, it's got to be, it's a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. But I also know being in the perpetrator's bodies that their own anxiety is, is a 10 out of 10 as well. And yeah. sometimes they are almost identical in feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you think that the perpetrator is the one that is trying to exert the control. It's about yeah. control, how much they feel out of control trying to exert it. And I think, yeah, anyway. Well, I think some some of them who, uh, for lack of a better term, might be out of their mind mm-hmm. or out of their own consciousness, mm-hmm. there, there always seems to be a pattern of um, little moments of clarity, mm-hmm. which when, when those come in, they stimulate even more fear because there is a... Uh, an awareness that they're not in control, mm-hmm. uh, but that they're exerting power, not necessarily um, like the healthy type of control, right? Mm-hmm. And so they can terrify themselves when they have those little moments of clarity of, oh my God, what am I doing? Uh, but then they're, sometimes they're too <coughs> far in. Uh, they don't have the correct thinking processes uh, or right um, mental state to walk themselves out of it or walk themselves away from it. Mm-hmm. And so they continue. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you say, that's very difficult for uh, victims of those situations to understand. But when you feel it, as much as you can feel a victim's standpoint, uh, you can certainly have empathy for both both humans because that's that's the common denominator, mm-hmm. is that they're human and mm-hmm. they're having some kind of experience that they don't necessarily want to be having. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so we're going back to world events. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you, you asked me a couple questions, uh, and it started with asking if I had been in the victim's body, the perpetrator, or the um, uh, just an observer. So maybe then I'll, I'll turn the tables to you and ask you about uh, your experiences. Well, before we go to that, though, can I, can I, can I, I'd like to finish a little bit. Oh, okay. And then, and then we can jump, but... Because my, th- I'm trying to think like people that are just listening, mm-hmm. and and I find that really hard to do. But uh, <laughs> I find it hard to be human. Well, I know. Yeah. Um, but okay. So now you've now you've had the dream. Yeah. Now you get up, and I knew I know that you shared that dream with me, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things I wanted to bring up is that you shared it. Yeah. That when you get up, we call it debriefing. So, you know, lots of people, when they listen to Coffee with the Sorrows, are going to hear about us debriefing because we're doing this show in the mornings. And mm-hmm. it's one of the first things we do is we debrief about what's happened. So in the dream state, and I think some people won't believe anything that happens in a dream state, but that's just crap because we all have dreams that come true. Well, and some people don't don't remember their dreams, right? So this, yes. is a hard, this is a hard concept to grasp for those who are like, well, where the hell are my dreams? Right. What level of consciousness am I in or not in that I can't remember them? Mm-hmm. 
and or you know if you go into science what what level of beta waves or whatever do I have to go into to have recall and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. okay so um once you're awake once you've talked about it um what's your next process I know because I'm asking you this because I went through processes so what's your next process rest rest yeah I think that's the first thing that comes to mind because um through all the years that okay I've been doing this and through all the years that I've watched you because you've been doing it a little bit longer um I've come to understand that even though I was sleeping, I was not resting. Mm-hmm. So maybe those those people with the background in science can understand that when you're studying those waves um, in the sleep pattern process, you can understand that while you can hit a certain level of consciousness, it's fitful. It is not restful. And so when someone wakes up and says that they are tired, even though they've slept eight hours or 10 hours or whatever, whatever it is they've experienced, um, I have not rested. And so if I, if I then understand that I've been working all night, working in whatever way to be an observer or to understand what, um, energetically how to help whatever person I'm or whose body I'm in, then I need to wake up and honor the fact that I still need to rest my physical body and my mental and emotional self, because I have just experienced a trauma at that point. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Um, They think, you know, okay, well, maybe if I debrief, I'll be fine. Maybe that's the end of it, and I can just get on with my day, Um, flip on some music, make coffee, push everything aside. Get my caffeine. Yeah, and uh, go to work. And I know that some of those things are necessary or mandatory, but um, (laughs) when you have the opportunity to be gentle with yourself, to not push yourself so hard, to find ways that you can rest. Uh, that's the number one thing that I knew I needed for myself. Okay. And then um, I'm asking you, and if you don't get to some of the ones I can think of, I'm going to ask yeah. you about them specifically. Yeah. I needed affirmations. Yes. So I had to, and because there's no TV and no dish and no newspapers and radio in our home, because we get world events all the time and people's stuff, I would ha- I would end up having to hear from somebody yep. that that occurred so, or Google it, um, go on the Internet and search something like that um, to find out if it was accurate. So what did the, and I think people want to hear that, you know, you're talking yeah. about a world event. Well, how accurate are you? Mm-hmm. So. And someone could have easily argued, well, you dreamt about the University of Ottawa campus, then you obviously weren't at Virginia Tech and it wasn't actually a Mm -hmm. world event. Well, there's been no shootings at the University of Ottawa. Um, And as we all know, when we dream, we can um, see someone and they look different, but we have an inner knowing that it's a certain person. Uh, We look around and the surroundings are different, but we have an inner knowing that we know exactly where we are. Mm -hmm. So you still need to apply a lot of the dream... um, what do you call it? Like the dream concepts, I mm-hmm. suppose, to, in order to understand them. Uh, and uh, oftentimes you, for world events, especially, you can't get your affirmations right away. Mm-hmm. So if the, if the shooting doesn't happen for another two days, I'm not frantically watching the news all the time, right? Looking for my affirmations. I think the biggest thing that happened for me is that I was looking to what I could learn from the dream and to understand uh, what my role was in it. And then when the affirmations do come, whether someone's talking about it on campus or someone calls me and says, did you hear uh, or are you okay?" because I know you get world events, then there's kind of a second level of relief that sets in, but it's not something that you can hold your breath for. 
I know how powerful they are and I know that we need them. Um, but understanding what my role was and what I was doing to work in that setting was probably bigger than the affirmation itself. Mm, That's really significant. Yeah, because I think that helps me process it on certain levels, right? Then when you do get your affirmation, if that occurs, um, I think, like I said, you kind of breathe yourself into a different process or deeper part of the process in order to have the empathy for those people because I've already processed the emotion and the physical thing of what's happening okay okay that's different than what you wanted no it's good it's making me think um uh in some of the uh, some of the events that I've seen Mm -hmm. and in some of the ways that they've come for me um whether it was something that I don't know, there was, there's, now that I'm getting into this and listening to you, it's really putting my head in different spaces, Yeah, like really, really fast. Well, and it would, because you've processed tsunamis, you've processed mm-hmm. plane crashes or planes mm-hmm. gone missing. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Well, no, what does that mean? Well, you're saying you're, you're, you're yeah. putting your head in a couple different places. So tell me or tell oh. us where, where you're going then. Well, it's, I think we want to follow that. Okay. Well, one of the world events that, that really was... I think one of the most significant ones for me in the validation part that made me feel confident in my skill mm-hmm. and in my gifts, um, because the gifts are gifts, and then you have to make them a skill. Yeah. Um, and in order to make them a skill, there has to be accuracy. Um, I'll say in what we do for the public, it might not be if it was just for ourselves and this was our own business meaning our own lives, and we weren't sharing anything, or I wasn't. Uh, it was the tsunami. And was that in Japan or in that area? I can't remember now. There's so much I can't recall. Well, there's been a couple. Okay, but it was the, it was the really huge one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very significant in many ways because um, what happened was three days before it occurred, a woman came to see me for a treatment in the morning, mm-hmm. and... I was doing her treatment and really went out of my body. I was doing like shamanic things. Like I was, uh, I remember at one point the floor of the treatment room opened up and I saw a whale underneath the floor and I told her this and because of her own gifts as a shaman, she said, oh yes, it's my spirit animal that that would be correct or something. And then all of a sudden I started telling her right in the middle of her session and she tape recorded it. Thank Mm -hmm. God. Um, information about a tsunami coming and that there was going to be the, it's own there, like the country itself was going to kill its own people because, uh, and there was oil in the ground coming up and there were going to be fires. Um, oh, there was, there were several details. This went on for a full hour of seeing it, feeling it and very detailed pieces of information coming through for her. And Interesting enough, somebody might say, holy crap, she didn't get her session. Yeah, that's actually just what I was going to ask. <laughs> you know, like she she didn't get her own time for that. Thankfully, because of her own gifts in understanding these gifts, she understood that it was her her space just to come in and hold that energy for all of this to come through. Mm-hmm. And that had I had another client who maybe just wanted medium and they wanted to talk to their grandpa... And I'm getting information about a tsunami in three days, and I'm talking about it for 60 minutes. They might walk out of the session and think, I am not paying for that. Mm -hmm. 
I am never going to see her again. She's crazy as a loon. Um, and, you know, just thinking that it was a waste of time and horrible. And this woman didn't at all. She just, she was so good. And at the end of the session, after she left, I remembered feeling embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I remembered feeling terrible um, that she didn't get her own time. I struggled with myself as a professional thinking, should I call her and offer her another hour? There was so many, there were so many things about it that I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with as a professional woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, three days later, you called because I remember, is that correct? Are you remembering that Kelly? I remember telling you that it was going to happen, that I got this information and you called to tell me to sit down. That's all I remember to sit down and that you had an affirmation for me, but I didn't know for, for what. And you, cause I had, I had told you this had occurred. There Mm -hmm. was this tsunami that was going to happen and it was going to be like at a world event level and that, Everybody was going to be in the news and everything. And you had said to me, you need to sit down. You need to check the news. Mm-hmm. The tsunami that you got just happened. It's it's just in the news right now. And what happened um, was that I was able to go and, again, go to the Internet and get the information on the news and be able to see that it's accurate. And I have to say that when you, if I remember those moments very well at all, you don't feel good being right. No, God, no. You don't. And and I mean, sometimes there's a happy dance in that you're so happy being right about something because, okay, we, but, you know, people want us to be accurate, right? So you want to be right. But this is that one of those moments where you're there's a conflict of that you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And I remember that day it was a beautiful day here. I remember the sun shining, everything, and a man came to the door, knocked on my door, and he said, Karen, I am so-and-so's husband. And I just looked at him blankly, had no idea what that meant. And he said, "Um, you know, this woman that you saw, my wife, you saw her three days ago. She was the shaman who came to see you, and you channeled the tsunamis about, or the tsunami about. And I said, oh, and he said, we just saw the news. She's so upset that she couldn't come to see you, but she sent me over to ask you if you're okay. Right. And I am to sit with you for an hour. She has told me I have to sit with you for an hour, that you are going to be very upset, happy that your gifts are accurate. I could cry again. You're going to be happy that you're accurate, but you're going to be horrified at mm-hmm. what's happening. And all of the things that you saw are all going to come true over the next several months. Not yeah. just because stuff it wasn't just about the tsunami. It was the fallout for yeah. months and years after what it was going to do to the land and the country, the government, how they were going to treat the people. <coughs> Excuse me. What they were going to do with chemicals and everything. Mm-hmm. There was a, there were a lot of details. And he said, she just asked me to come and sit with you for an hour so that you would have company. Nice. And I just, I think of the kindness of that when you have, when you're getting world events and how much we have to process when we're seeing them and how much detail we can get when, when, when that period of time is occurring, that the premonition is that vivid and that how much, um, it attacks all of the senses. 
mm-hmm. and that we have to use every one of them that you know I was smelling things I was tasting things that you go through all that um, and as you said that's why I was pausing when you said that you have to rest afterwards and that we have to give our body time um, because it's processing those things because it's not just like watching a TV and saying that I saw it so I need my eyes to rest mm-hmm. <laughs> It's that you feel everything. You're, tra- you're literally traumatized. Yeah. And that you literally have to give your body the rest that it needs. Mm-hmm. So one of the, some of the other um, world events were, I remember watching a ship go down. Mm-hmm. I remember planes going down. And then I remember saying it to you or to Andrew um, or to a friend or sometimes trying to write them down and the day. Um, and all the information that I could remember or uh, like about what I was getting so that when it occurred, how much I could place it. And I remember Andrew challenging me sometimes. I would say, oh, a plane's going down. And he would go, yeah, right. A uh, plane goes down or no, I think it was an earthquake. And I said, oh, there's an earthquake because I was really feeling a lot of earthquakes. Yeah. And he would say, yeah, mom, if you Google it, there's like an earthquake every 30 seconds. So like give up on that because you're not convincing me that you feel earthquakes. Mm-hmm. And the how, how you you don't know how to what to do with it then when somebody says to you, that's not valid or I don't believe you. Where, where you kind of go after that, because you do feel it. Mm-hmm. And if when I had to write it down, I'd get the initial of, of maybe the country or the city. And then then I'd have to look for more details to see if it was accurate. Um, anyway, I don't know if you want to jump to something else. But I was just trying to think of some different ones about in regards well, to world. Yeah, okay. I, I think those are the same processes that you and I go through when we're channeling individuals too, right? Mm-hmm. So even though the information is a little different, um, for example, how many women come in and we're like, oh, you've, you're experiencing unhappiness in your relationship. Anyone could say, okay, well, that's going to happen every day. You're not convincing me you're picking up on my energy. <laughs> um, and it's like, okay, well, your argument this morning was about such and such. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, exactly those words or exactly that topic. So, it, I mean, the process for us is the same. Mm-hmm. It's just picking up on the specifics, right? Mm-hmm. That that um, helps us understand our own accuracy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where else, or what else did you want to talk about in world events? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I need to take a break or if you... I don't know. I, I think sometimes maybe people think if you get a world event, what, why don't you do something about it? And and uh, what I do is I choose to send love. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remembered thinking and asking the spirit world, why are you showing me so many world events that I can't do anything about? I can't control the tsunami. But then it was like, oh, there's that control world, word. Um, if I can't control something, does it mean then that there's nothing that I can do? Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, no, what else can you do if you can't control something? It was like, well, I could send love. Mm-hmm. So my choice then was that when they were showing me these world events that I would choose to send love. Oh, Kelly, I just remembered some of them. I can remember some 
was it a plane crash? No. Cal, which was the one? There was a bridge that um, went down. I, you, and you we were talking about a bridge crumbling and there were tons and th- like, well, thousands of, um, I think it was women and children that you were talking about. And there was a mass exit. Yeah. So lots and lots of people dying at the same time. And you uh, and I were matching the souls in our bedrooms. Is this the same one where it was at night? You and I were in, the, in each in our own room. And you would find the mother and I would find the daughter and we'd match up souls that were dying. That were crossing and together. And were crossing yeah. over together. And not to say we're big heroes here. Uh, the, the, that's not why I, we're, we talk that's about not these the point, things. Though. No, the point is, is that when you pass, you want to believe. How many, how many people come in and say, is my husband with, my, with his father? Yeah. Um, did they find each other? Yes. And it's, it's just about energetically connecting people, right? Yeah. Well, I remember my like being in my room and you being in your room and all of a sudden there were just piles of spirits lined up and all over the bedroom. They were they were it was just full. And some sometimes two, it, two separate bedrooms. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I said that. We were each in our own bedrooms. Okay. Oh. Go ahead. Okay, I'm pretty sure I did. And um that my bedroom was full. Um and so much so that I remember when we went to IKEA and bought to the the single chairs for the treatment rooms that on occasion when you wanted to put your your table up you'd put the chairs in my room mm-hmm. and i really liked it because i could say to them one at a time and you have to sit in the chairs and wait <laughs> <laughs> i had to Take have a number i had to have order yeah because i felt so overwhelmed with all of the spirits in the, in coming into the house all at one time it mm-hmm. it felt i felt like a bombardment of souls looking for help. And I I just remembered saying, there's so many of you, you'll all have to kind of wait and one at a time sit in the chair and tell me what you need. And I mean, not to say that there aren't other humans on, on earth and that the spirits are going to them as well as us um, for help. Mm-hmm. And that it isn't just when you cross over that the angels help, but that humans do too. Mm-hmm. And that when my dad passes away, that my love and my intention aids him in his crossing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something beautiful for people to hear that you don't have to be by your dad's bedside in order to cross his spirit over. You could be flying in the plane. You could be sitting in another country or in your car or at work because you can't leave. And your intention, your love helps them in their journey. I think, and I think mm-hmm. this is some, those are some of the things that I learned in other processes. Mm-hmm. So that when people would ask me something like, I need to know if my dad knows, you know, that I, that I loved him when he passed. I, and I go, uh, um, well, hold on. He's telling me that you weren't there, that you were in your car and um, that you had no intention of making it home to him. You were mad at him. You actually didn't want to be there. But now that it's five years past, you're feeling bad and you wished things had been different. And it's important. So the the other situation is still relevant to the current one, Mm -hmm. where I learned in that the mass crossings, how the family members find each other, love each other, um, and that it's love that's most important. So even if you're mad, or you're fighting, um, or you're not talking to each other, that when someone's going through their experience of crossing over, the, the, the biggest energy that they feel is love, not all of your anger or your resentment, but your love. Mm-hmm. And um, th- those experiences helped me a lot figure that out. And organization, that I had a choice in the, to say to the spirit world one at a time, 
this is what I can do as a human being. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a good lesson to learn in life too, that, you know, that the spirit world can be respectful and definitely are of what we can and can't do sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know I liked, cause I think like, I'm coming back to your question, which I think is a lot of people's thoughts about why, why even see them if you can't do anything about them. Mm-hmm. I, and one of the things that I've learned mm-hmm. from watching this is how it connects people, which I think we all witness when, you know, places like um, the Red Cross come together to donate and to send people over to help humanitarian work and all that. But what we do to one another is felt around the world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a tsunami or something naturally catastrophic. It's how we treat one another. Um, and it's not just fear that we feel. It's the the empathy for all of the different types of emotions that we experience, uh, whether it's the physical stuff or the mental and emotional. It's it's that intricately connected. Cal, do you remember when we went to see Greg Braden and he did a beautiful presentation and he yes. had the screen the screens up yeah. uh, in Toronto at the Toronto Convention Center and mm-hmm. he was talking about um, the um, Obama's inauguration mm-hmm. and how they were doing tests on the planet to see to was it uh, measuring people's emotions or something? Yeah, well, it was. He, there it was, was measuring heartbeat. It was really neat, um, okay. and it's probably something that you can Google if if you're not familiar with it. But and we're probably not going to do it justice talking about it. No, um, but we apologize to Greg Braden. He does a much better job. <laughs> he's a great teacher. Um, it was they were measuring the universal heartbeat. So yeah. finding uh, measuring measuring individuals, uh, but also the and earth? I don't know how they did it, but the center yeah, of the earth, the center of the earth, I and remember how. This when so much hope and so much change happened at once with, with Obama coming into um, his position of power, how it shifted everyone, everyone's energy. Well, it wasn't, the world. it wasn't just North America. No, it was global because people, well, obviously people expect what, what happens in the States happens around the world. Um, so it was just, it was just showing how there was so much unity in one moment mm-hmm. while we were all pretty much breathing with each other. Uh, in synchronicity. I think of that and I think of these world events that we're talking about because that inauguration was a world event. And I think about a world war or I think about Syria. I think about all these different things that are, are or the Pope mm-hmm. um, driving through New York City. Um, whatever it is that one was interesting to me, um, how these world events aren't always just a tsunami, that they're not just the earthquake, but that... Um, Okay, can I uh, can I mention another one that occurred um, when I was in the gym um, just re- like a couple of months ago, and this is 2015, so it was a few months ago, and I remember working out, and right out of my mouth, I, I it just all of a sudden said to my trainer, um, "There's, uh, I think it was something about um, a writer is going to be beheaded," and oh, he said, "What?" Yeah. And lots of people in the gym just kind of looked over at me. And he goes, what'd you say? And I said, I don't know. I said, I just was told that there's going to be a reporter beheaded. And I can't even remember his name right now. And that's terrible. I, that's, But anyway, yeah. not to be disrespectful to his family. But I said, um, I said his first name. And that's all I got. I just got his first name. And he goes, how, why would you say that? He says, but he wasn't saying it out of a meanness. He was really curious. Trying to, yeah, and trying to understand. Tr- yeah, very much. 
And trying to understand, meaning that he was actually open to it. He wasn't looking to disprove me. He was, or not believe me. He was like truly curious. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't, um, I saw him. And I, and he goes, what? And I said, last night when I went to bed, I said, I saw him. I said, I saw his face. And I said, he's, you know, normally clean shaven, but there's, there was a picture of him. They showed me at one point, like with a beard or whatever, grizzly look. And I said, uh, he's a reporter. I said, and I don't know where he is. He didn't tell me, but he told me that in two days, I think he said two days or three days, that he was going to be beheaded. And now I'm thinking, maybe as a human being, I don't know if they actually told him that, or as a human being, if he didn't know that, but his spirit was just telling me this. And the Mm -hmm. human form of this man has no idea what's coming in three days. Maybe he thinks he's going to be freed or that this is going to go on for years. But I remember him just saying to me, I'm going to be beheaded in three days. And I, I, could you please help me? And I thought, help you. Okay. So I asked the spirit world, I said, what does he mean? You have to tell me how I can help him. I, I'm in Canada, like, and I have no resources to help him. So what does he mean? And all I heard is he just wants to know that that you're there to love him and that you're that he can cross over. He and it's not to say this man doesn't have his, his own spirituality or can't cross on his own. I'm not saying he needs me, but his spirit in some way connects to me mm-hmm. across a, a whole a whole world. And um, so I'm in the gym and I said this, and then I I said to the trainer, okay, I I you know. Sorry about that, because like some people around were looking at us trying, I don't know if they were trying to hear or if they, mm-hmm. like if they were feeling um, that was a terrible thing to say mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Because sometimes when you're getting these premonitions of world events, people just think you're being a really shitty person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, why would you, say, and here's what I hear. Why would you say something like that? Well, because I got all the information. That's why. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it was a couple of days later that it was actually in the news that he was beheaded Mm -hmm. and what they did in that process of, I think it was filming it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, um, and I haven't gone to the internet to confirm any of that, nor do I want to. I feel that the reason I got that world event was simply to be able to connect to his spirit and know that for him to know that his purpose was a value and that whether he... Like, we all want to know that we had a purpose on earth. We all want to know that we matter to other people. And his family might say, well, thank you. That's nice. But he knew that from us. We loved him. Yeah, that's good. I'm I'm, I'm not saying that's not just his, his only purpose was to be loved by his family. But he ought, he had to have had some kind of a calling to serve a purpose to educate people, because he put his life at risk for it. Mm -hmm. And if my spirit in being able to connect to him, for him to know that he did serve that purpose, that I know, that I appreciate it, that there's love that I'm sending to him, that that's okay for me if that's all it means when I get the world events. Mm-hmm. Because I know I know that our spirit relies on more than what the human form expects. And I think I think that's even true of the human form because we're constantly seeking validation in our whole lives, right? Mm-hmm. We want to know that's why we we go to see psychics <laughs> and it's, it's not, it's not just psychics. We want validation from our family, but validation from our bosses, mm-hmm. um, validation from our, our coworkers or our mm-hmm. teammates. We want our friends, all kinds of people for many yeah. different reasons. Yeah. And for this reason, I'm assuming, 
uh, was to know that he was on the right track, right? Not that, not that a human would ever wish for that to be the way that they pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but to understand that if this is the way it's going to happen, it, it has the opportunity or his death has the opportunity to wake a lot of us up. And I, what I, that's beautiful. I, I hope that people get that. But I think there are so many tragedies that a lot of people don't ever get wake uh, awakened. Yeah, of course. And I, I guess my spirit was trying, or I hope my spirit was trying to say to his spirit, it worked for me. It wasn't a loss. Yeah. We want to feel connected. I think that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. You want to feel connected as a human. I think it's and why we spirit. get. Yeah, and I think that's why we get married and why we have kids because we want to feel connected to another human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any other world events you can remember, or not ones that I've done? I just okay. I've had snippets my whole life. I guess just remembering you reacting to to seeing them or hearing them, and just needing to take pause no matter what we were doing in our day. Um, to mm. sort of just allow for that that breath, um, whether it's relief or just a little cry. Uh, and I think that was something that I wanted to say when we were talking about the Greg Braden <gasps> stuff. Kelly. Is that yeah. it's not just that your heart beats together. It's not just that you breathe relief together, but we hold our breath together. We hold our breath as a society and we stop thinking clearly or we stop acting um, in, in great ways because, you know, the oxygen's not in the brain anymore. We're not, Mm -hmm. we're functioning out of fear, which shortens the breath Mm -hmm. or strains it. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just remembering when you and Andrew and I were in Sudbury at Red Lobster and we were having lunch. Well, please jump in when I miss this, but I remember sitting down. Was it that I, you started crying. We sat down at Red Lobster and you were crying in the booth and we just kind of said, do you need a minute? Are you okay? And you just said, no, I just want to cry for no reason. Um, and I don't, there wasn't really much clarity in that event. Okay. Uh, until we were walking out yeah. and their little bar section is at the front. So you have a couple of large TVs and you and I kind of just turned our head just before we were leaving the restaurant and saw the news and we both stopped in our tracks and it, it was um, a shooting of small small children in a school. Oh, yeah. And uh, you just stood there and, and cried. And so, yeah, sometimes it's not, it's not specific. It's not um, so clear, but there's an emotion that's overwhelming. Yeah. And there it is on the news or there it is in a headline of something uh, where... You're like, that's it. That's that's the emotion. Yeah. I think our, if I remember this correctly about that event, crying in a restaurant. Yeah. Crying in a restaurant about something I don't know that I'm crying about and that you and Andrew sit patiently and ask me what I need. If somebody is listening to that and gets something out of that right now, I hope that they that they do mm-hmm. of what we just described as how our family of us three function mm-hmm. in that um, the amount of compassion and patience and just waiting. I was going to add honoring because I think you mm-hmm. can have compassion and I think you can have patience, um, but there there can be there can be an impatience in a patient behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I sat there quietly thinking, when the fuck is this going to be over? 
I, my behavior is patient, but I am not mm-hmm. right. And so when you sit with that much patience, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I honor what you're going through and I don't rush you through that process, I'm not saying, what do you need to just be better? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, what do you need to feel supported right now? Mm-hmm. And if you say silence or I don't know, or just put your hand on my back, there's an honoring of your gifts. There's an honoring of the process that you're going through mm-hmm. uh, and just saying that I'm, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Something that we've, each of the three of us has taken time to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say uh, for Andrew to understand both of us mm-hmm. um, in being able to be out publicly and maybe not, or be able to understand that he might go out in public with us, oh. <laughs> thinking that he's going to have a beer at Boston Pizza, mm-hmm. and and a and and pizza or her wings or whatever, and that it might not go down the way it does when he's out <laughs> with his friends. <laughs> yeah, that his mom or his sister might behave differently and pop up and all of a sudden burst into tears or run to a table and give a message or whatever, but that that there's um he's grown so much in not just thinking about his own needs um and that we check in I think for his as well mm-hmm. but also to ask us what ours are as you said and to be truthful in what he can offer mm-hmm. if he needs to sit in the car or if he needs to say he's got to go he can't be around it or whatever yeah um I want to bring something up about the world events and that's a level of anxiety mm-hmm. and um, the amount of anxiety that you that I feel um, and you can talk about yours as well if you want um, when you when you feel them to begin with and um, also um, I remember like feeling like uh, that, that it was similar to me to a panic attack mm-hmm. and I've had panic attacks so I know um, but that the 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 feelings you get when you're feeling those world events are are on that level of a panic attack. Yeah. In that I literally feel like I'm dizzy, lightheaded, shortness of breath, um, can't think clearly, um, can't make a decision. Sweat. Sweat profusely. Um, dizzy to the point where I sometimes grab the table because I think when I'm feeling an earthquake that the. Or I remember being in. What's that? little uh, arugula uh-huh. restaurant on Fisher Street with uh, Denise, Denise. Yeah. and I yelled earthquake <laughs> grabbed the table and Denise oh, just a beautiful friend put her hands down on the table near mine I think she was trying to hold my hands and she went not in North Bay <laughs> and I went oh that's good <laughs> like, yeah. still at a 10 out of 10 stress level, but <laughs> oh, I can just picture and she's, it. We're, she's looking around like who heard earthquake. <laughs> you know? Yeah. starting to calm. Yeah. And I'm holding on to the table cause I'm literally feeling like that. The earth is really yeah. quaking. And then I'm, and she's looking at me going, are you okay? And I'm trying to process. So in my head, I'm hearing like a firing off of questions. I'm asking the spirit guides, what country, how many people, um, can I help? Is this local? Is this like I'm trying to to I think run through some facts because You're deducing a lot. Well, yes, and I think my ego's in that it, it, it definitely because it's like what can I do? And well, I'll I, say my ego in some ways is a good thing. I don't mean it's all bad because I'm trying to figure out what my role is in that 
moment or because why am I the one feeling it? Yeah. And I think, um, and maybe this is going in a different direction. I think there's a battle that happens uh, as you're experiencing it. Because what you're talking about is a physical experience. Yes. Where you you <laughs> were very convinced that you were in the earthquake. Yeah. And when someone shoots back at you that, I'll say, quote unquote, it's not real mm-hmm. in this reality. Right. Uh, where we are right now, there's that panic of, well, I'm experiencing it, but you're telling me it's not real. Right. There's so much to process and different questions to ask your human self um, of who am I supposed to trust? If if yeah. my body and my mind are experiencing this right now, the person literally across the table from me is saying no earthquake. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Then you're you're still having to figure out which reality that you're in. If you oh, were just yeah. eating pizza, chatting with her, mm-hmm. but now you're in an earthquake somewhere else, but you're looking at Denise, there's so much confusion that happens. Mm-hmm. And I you I find I don't I don't have an uh how how do I say this? I wanted to say I didn't have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have enough I don't have enough time to process it. So thankfully Denise just sits there and puts her her fork down which to me is just so respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, or if she chooses to continue eating, but she gives me a moment and just sort of is giving me some time to process it. But then that's the difference between someone who would, and that's where I'm talking about honor, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're talking about someone who's sitting across the table from you and might have said the same thing of not here, no, it's mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. And but there's a disrespect happening, they mm-hmm. might still sound patient with you in saying, no, no, okay mm-hmm. there's no earthquake yeah um but there isn't an honoring of the fact that you are in fact experiencing it even though they aren't well it's like telling a person who's having an anxiety attack that there's nothing wrong with them you're fine you're fine and it's like no my reality says i'm not fine yeah you're telling me i'm fine so now i'm more confused yeah which creates more anxiety yes instead of saying you're having an anxiety attack and these symptoms you're feeling are real, and I, th- I it's it's I think that's important for somebody um, that's experiencing anything like OCD, anything that if you yeah. tell them it's not real, no, I'm not really going to die if you don't if you, you know, flick the switch ten times. If they really do believe that, they may have to do that in order to see their reality is yes, you didn't die, mm-hmm. but if I stop flicking it, you still aren't going to die. I have to sit here and look at you. But I'm the one that's actually feeling the anxiety. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying there is no anxiety, I'm not going to die. It might be a statement of I'm not dying. But yes, I understand you are feeling anxiety. Right. What can I do to help you while you have anxiety? Mm-hmm. What do you need? Yeah. And that's the difference. There's a there's a big difference there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank God for good friends. Yeah. I just, uh, it makes me, well, and I hope it makes more, more people think about the type of people that you hang out with because if they're constantly denying your reality, but you're someone who's saying, well, I want to open up my own gifts. I want to do this. I want to learn. Um, it's that much harder to open up your own gifts and Mm -hmm. turn the gift, like you said at the beginning into a skill. If you've only got the person who is dishonorable, Mm -hmm. right. And is, is denying everything that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else you want to go today? Um, I don't know. Can you think of any other world events? I don't know if maybe if you have better memory and then or or not. No. No. Not. Okay. 
No. And I, I think this is interesting because I, sorry, I maybe one more thing to add, but not necessarily a, a specific event. Some people are, they get very angry when we can't remember specifics long afterward oh, yeah. or even shortly afterward. And I find that really interesting, but it's like, I always have to think or say to them kindly, can you hold on to every single memory that you've ever had? Mm-hmm. And if you got six world events a day, would you want to remember the specifics mm-hmm. three years later from each each one of them? Mm-hmm. How do you stockpile all that information? Mm-hmm. And energetically, what happens if you do stockpile it? Mm-hmm. I think it's why we're healthy is that I, we there's no go. memory. We let it go. Yeah. yeah. We, which I agree, Kelly. And sometimes it, there's a confusion that if we don't remember things, that if we, we don't, don't care. You, yeah, one that we don't care. Or, or another one that we're not accurate because we don't remember mm-hmm. or that we're liars because we can't remember everything. Mm-hmm. So that makes us a liar. And it's yeah. like, how did not remembering something make me a liar? Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure how those two things went together in somebody's well, sentence. Yeah. But it's okay if somebody else has that experience and it makes that makes sense. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I just doesn't it doesn't apply to me and it doesn't <laughs> Don't apply choose to accept your logic yes and and not for these particular these situations by any means yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool well thank you for this chat this morning yeah no problem i didn't see that one coming <laughs> well i don't see most of them coming <laughs> but that's the way we operate Okay, so um, if you have heard something today that sparked your interest and maybe sparked a question in your mind, feel free to email us at info at and you can check out our website, bysarlo.com as well. Hope you have a great day. Mm-hmm.